What's going on, guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. We talked about bounce back running backs last week, so I thought it was only fitting to do wide receivers this week. So I'll go over five wide receivers that had a bit of a down year last season and give my thoughts on if they're going to bounce back or not. Three players that you will not see in today's video are Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy. They all had pretty bad years last year and would normally make this video, but I talked about my love for the Denver offense and for Allen Robinson a lot over the last two weeks, and so you guys already know my takes there. I think they're really good picks at their ADP. I want them on my teams, and I do think they'll have bounce-back seasons. But I want to talk about a few players that maybe I hadn't gone over as much in this one. So today we'll talk about A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Juju, Michael Thomas, and Julio Jones. If there are other players that you want my take on or you're curious how I have them ranked in your specific format, you can always see my exact rankings, exact projections at the website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. So how do I feel about these five? We're going to go in order of ADP. We're going to start off with A.J. Brown. Brown didn't have like a bad season last year, but it was definitely the worst of his career. It was his first year below 1,000 receiving yards at just 869. His first season below eight touchdowns with only five. He also set a career low with just a 60% catch rate, and he was way below his average yards per target of 10.2 coming in at just 8.3. We were used to seeing a hyper-efficient A.J. Brown, and that is not what we got last season. But those are really just the surface numbers. Looking at his like success as just a pure wide receiver, he was still elite. As per Matt Harmon over at Reception Perception, he posted a 96th percentile success rate versus man, 98th percentile success rate versus the press. He also cleared a 78% success rate versus man in back-to-back -back seasons, which has only been done by Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Stephon Diggs. Dante Adams, Antonio Brown, and Odell, at least while he's been doing the charting for the past, ooh, I don't know, maybe like eight, nine years. A.J. Brown is still one of the best wide receivers in football. He just had a little bit of unfortunate touchdown luck, a little bit of injuries mixed with like just having like a, an offseason with Tannehill at times in terms of their chemistry. This offseason, he joined the Eagles traded to the Eagles, and then they gave him the new contract, four years, $100 million, and he is now the clear-cut wide receiver one. You know I love Devonta Smith. I am one of the highest people on Devonta Smith's talent. A.J. Brown is still the clear-cut number one. He's been fantastic in camp. He's been featured in the red zone in camp. We know he's going to have high touchdown potential this season. I have absolutely no concerns with A.J. Brown, and I think that he is more than okay to draft uh, where he's going in ADP, which basically any site that you're on, it's early third round. There's no site that I have seen that has him as a second round pick. No sites where he's making it, even usually into like the late third to early fourth round. He's basically an early to mid third round pick on every platform for every scoring format. That's just where he goes. And I think that is more than okay to do. You're pairing him with up top, maybe like seven player in the draft to go along with an exceptional player in the second round, and that is a beautiful way to start off your draft. So I would definitely be drafting him this season. Next up, we have Terry McLaurin, who I guess you could argue had like a fine 2021, so maybe shouldn't be in the video, but I think everyone that drafted him last season was a little bit let down with his production. We'll put it at that. I mean, he came on really strong as a rookie 
Uh, then he finished year two with 87 receptions, over 1,100 yards, four touchdowns through only 15 weeks. That's really, really solid weekly production. Then last season, his catch rate really fell off. He saw four fewer targets despite playing in two more games. So the targets per game really fell off. Uh, his yards per game dropped from 74.5 to 62. His fantasy points per game dropped from 12 to 10.3, which ultimately was the difference between being a low-end 2, which is someone you can consistently start, to a low-end 3, which is much more of a flex play, much more of someone who really shouldn't be started in that wide receiver 2 spot on a really good team, and at times might just be left out of your starting lineup if you've got really good options in the flex, assuming you only have like two running backs, two wide receiver, and one flex. You're probably still starting if you got like three wide receivers or two flex spots. But the point is, he dropped in production last season. It was much more up and down. He saw a much lower weekly floor. You really didn't know what you were getting at times last year. This season, his ADP is back up to higher than his fantasy finish from that 2020 season. So the question is, well, do we think he's going to bounce back, post those 2020 numbers, and honestly expand on them if he's going to outperform his ADP? And my answer is yes, but no. Yes, in the sense that just like A.J. Brown, McLaurin's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. And I think people are going to like re-remember that this season. I think in their minds, they're like, oh, he's like fine, but he's not fantastic. No, he's an unbelievable wide receiver. And again, I think people are going to start to remember that this season. But for fantasy, I'm not all in. And I don't know that he's going to have some huge bounce back this season. Wentz has really been struggling in camp so far. And his target competition is also much higher than it was before. And it's like a combination of those two things. Like Wentz struggling shouldn't really surprise us because it's Carson Wentz. He's struggled nearly his entire career. He's just not that fantastic of a quarterback. And if we look at the target competitions the last two years, it's like non-existent, right? You had Cam Sims and Steven Sims Jr. were the number two and number three receivers in terms of targets in 2020. You had Adam Humphreys and DeAndre Carter last season. So over the last two years, the next best wide receivers averaged 55 targets with the third best commanding 40 targets. That's pathetic. This season, they spent a first-round pick on Jahan Dotson. At least for now, Curtis Samuel is healthy. He's going to command targets as a third wide receiver. Like The second and third wide receivers this year will be significantly better than they have been last two seasons, will command a higher target share. And we look at the rest of the team, and it's like, well, they've still got you know three running backs going to rotate through now. And it's like you start giving away all of this production, and it's just more likely that McLaurin is still a stud, but he doesn't approach that same like targets per game threshold that he had back in 2020 when he had those really high-end numbers. And if you think that, well, maybe there's a quarterback upgrade, I don't really think that Carson Wentz is that much better than what he'd been playing with. I know that that's the big thing with McLaurin is that he's just never had competent quarterback play. I don't really know that that's the case this season. Again, he's not having a good camp, Carson Wentz. And when you add that in with this extra competition, I still think he's going to be really good. But I don't want to say he's going to bounce back post, you know, top 20 numbers. I think we can kind of look to last season and say that might be what we should expect going forward. Next up on the list is Juju Smith-Schuster. Obviously had a very rough 2021. He was 
awful for the first month of the season. And then he has the shoulder injury that forced him to miss the rest of the regular season actually returned in their playoff game, had a really bad playoff game as well. I mean, his yards per target before the injury were down at 4.6. That is pathetically low. He was not able to go over 52 receiving yards despite four games with at least seven targets. Now, I put nearly all of that blame on the Steelers' offense, on Big Ben just not being able to throw the football. His role will be completely different on Kansas City. He's obviously going to have you know a deeper ADOT. The accuracy of these targets will be vastly improved. He'll have a much higher weekly ceiling, not only for receptions, but for touchdown potential as well, playing on a fantastic offense. Uh, reports out of OTAs seem to favor MVS as a chief stop wide receiver, but as we had talked about at the time, MVS is not a player who's going to just beat people in man coverage, command a really high target share. He's a deep threat. He's just a, a really good deep threat, which is great on Kansas City, but it's not enough to be like the top wide receiver, like the guy they're throwing to. Now the reports are backing that up, that MVS still can't catch the ball that well. He does struggle with drops, uh, and that, that's really what he is. He's the deep threat. And that he's going to mix in with Michael Hardman. But it really seems like Juju and Sky Moore are kind of separating as the top two wide receivers. Obviously, they still have Travis Kelsey as like the number one. But in terms of wide receivers, Juju kind of seems to be separating as the one. Sky Moore kind of seems to be that two. And then we have like MVS and Hardman after that. And at the end of the day, we do need to remember that like the Chiefs offense is going to look different this season than it has in the past. Like we're used to seeing Kelsey and Hill just dominate the target share each have a significant share of the offense and kind of everyone else is rotating rotates after that kelsey is going to remain the clear lead but i do think it's going to be very spread out between juju moore hardman mvs whoever they kind of bring along as that fifth receiver plus the running backs will get a, a receiving workload as well and i think that's going to be much more of like an even split but I do think that Juju is the wide receiver you want in Kansas City because if anyone's going to command a really high target share, it's probably going to be him. He has had that success in the past. And while if we're thinking about bounce back, it's like obviously he's not going to bounce back to posting those like what 1,400 yards on like over 110 receptions like he did in his second season in Pittsburgh. That is not going to happen. But he's a really, really good slot receiver. He can beat zone coverage at a really high rate. And he's going to have a consistent role on the Chiefs offense. He's going to have a few weeks where he really spikes in production. And so I think he's like more than deserving, we'll say, of being in that grouping of those mid-tier wide receivers. We love the wide receivers in rounds like four through eight. I think he kind of goes in that like fifth, sixth, maybe the seventh round, but really in that like fifth and sixth round range. And I think he deserves to be in that spot, given his upside on this offense. Again, if you want to say in terms of like bounce back or bust, it's like, well, he's not going to have 1,400 yards on over 110 receptions. It's just not going to happen. So he's never going to bounce back to those numbers, just unless we had like Kelsey get hurt and Sky Moore get hurt. And it's like he's literally the only player like on average. That's not going to happen. But bounce back from what we saw last year, what we kind of saw the last two years. Yeah. I really think he's going to bounce back. I think he's deserving of that mid-round, uh, like mid-wide receiver ranking. Michael Thomas, up next. Fourth wide receiver we'll go over today, who certainly is a controversial player to talk about. Uh, there's absolutely a chunk of people who are watching this video 
who simply refused to draft Thomas at, at any point in the draft, even if he slips. And while it's ultimately like your call, I do think that's a little bit silly. Like every single report that we've had from camp has been overwhelmingly positive. Like you can see the videos of him running. He's clearly healthy now. He's clearly going to be good. And not only are the reports really good about Thomas, but Winston too. He's apparently moving around really well. And as of recording this, you know, noon, August 8th, uh, he has not thrown a single interception and 11 on 11s. That's one thing that, you know, maybe you're concerned with with Winston is, is it going to be the Winston we saw with Tampa Bay where he had like a billion touchdowns, but also a billion interceptions? And it seems like that's not the case. He's playing well in camp. He's running the offense really well. And while like this obviously is not the Drew Brees Saints, they're going to be a much better offense this season than they were last year. And I do think that Thomas is going to have a good year. So while he will absolutely not be going back to approaching that like record-breaking 2019 season, that's just not going to happen again. It's not in the cards. I don't care who gets hurt. That's not happening. But his current ADP is the mid-seventh round. And so when you're not saying he's probably not going to be the number one wide receiver in fantasy, he can still shatter a mid-seventh round ADP. You know, and that's kind of like the end of that range we really like. Like, I guess the eighth round is the end of the range we like for wide receivers. But approaching the end of that range, I mean, at that cost, like, I think he's more than worth the risk. I do think he's going to at least bounce back to being a wide receiver we know as being elite. And I know that Olave, you know, they had a ton of draft capital spent on him. He's clearly a talented wide receiver. The reports out of camp are really good. Like, I like Olave. But again, in the mid-seventh round for Thomas, he doesn't need 150 targets to pay off that ADP. And I think it's more than okay if Olave does command a consistent target share as well, because I have Olave with a 17.25% projected target share. And that still leaves plenty of room for Thomas to grade out as a good pick. So I think he's going to bounce back, just not to where he was before, if that makes sense. He's not going to have 150 receptions. But if he can have, you know, a good target share on this offense and be there one, he's going to pay off a mid-seventh round ADP, and that's what you should really care about. Final wide receiver we'll go over today is Julio Jones, another very, very controversial one. Uh, this is his 12th season in the NFL after having his worst season of his career in Tennessee. He'll now be joining the Bucs style, a very different offense than the Titans. From 2014 to 2019, Julio had, at worst, 1,394 receiving yards, and at worst, 83 receptions. And while he's never going to be like an elite touchdown scorer, I don't think he's had a season in his career where he's had 10 touchdowns, he was still able to produce really high-end numbers because of those yards and those receptions, and that's just like a massive weekly ceiling. But these last two years have been rough. He's only been able to play in nine and ten games, respectively. He's only been healthy enough to play 70% or more of the snaps in ten total games. So basically half of the games he's even played in, he's gone over 70% of the snaps. So here's where I'm at with Julio. No, he is not going to bounce back to the 2014 to 2019 numbers. Those are not in the range of outcomes for him unless the Bucks have like mass injuries. But even then, I, just, I don't think that's really in the cards. I think, though, that that's not what the Bucks want. They don't want him to go out there, play every snap, 
compete with Godwin, compete with Evans, push them for snaps. Like that's not what they signed him to do. They want him to rotate in with Russell Gage as that third wide receiver, sometimes playing with four wide receivers on the field so they don't need to rotate at all, with a limited snap share, but keeping him fresh, especially for the actual NFL playoffs because they expect to make a Super Bowl run, of course, this season. And so not going out there and playing 90% of the snaps, maybe playing like 60 to 65% of the snaps, but having you know a decent target share when he's on the field and of course, even if the target share is a little bit lower than other teams, well, when you have a team that throws the ball over 700 times, the target share doesn't need to be high because the total volume is high. So the question really is, can a 33-year-old Julio Jones playing maybe like 60, 65% of the snaps pay off an ADP somewhere in that like 10th to 11th round range That's where he goes? And I absolutely think that he can. I mean, for the crowd that says that he's like not elite anymore, like I hear you, obviously his play has dropped off these last two seasons. He is not an elite wide receiver anymore, but that's why he's not going in the first round. If he was an elite wide receiver, he'd be a first round pick. He's going in the 10th or the 11th round. And his average stat line in those 10 games I talked about the last two seasons, where he played at least 70% of the snaps, average stat line, 5.8 receptions, 89 yards, three touchdowns over 10 games. That's 13.6 fantasy points per game. Those are low end wide receiver one numbers and fantasy. Again, I do not think he's going to have that same role that he had in recent years. And he's just not the same wide receiver he used to be. But he doesn't need to be a low end wide receiver one to pay off a 10th or 11th round ADP. And people need to stop acting like it's impossible for him to post good numbers or impossible for him to stay healthy. That couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, the Bucks are going to limit his snaps and use him in very specific packages, likely resulting in like a lower total snap rate, but a higher usage on the field. But it's the Bucks. They threw the ball 200 more times in the Titans last season, leading to 133 more receptions in them, 44 more total receptions for the team than any other team in football. You're going to want players on a passing attack that has the most receptions of any team by 44. That's like an, an extra wide receiver just getting thrown in there for production over the second best team. And that's especially true after they lose Gronk. They lose Antonio Brown. They lose nearly 200 targets from last season. And if you're getting a player with the track record of Julio Jones, even if he's only 60% of what he used to be, in the 10th or the 11th round, why not take a shot? The success rate in that round is like 25% of even hitting on a top 30 option. You're probably going to miss on the other picks in that range, so why not take a player with this level of upside? So, those are five potential bounce-back wide receivers this season. Again, you can see my exact projections and rankings for every player, every format, by just looking at my website, thefacebookbovice.com. There's so much information on the site this season, so please give yourself enough time before your draft to get access, read it all over, do some mock drafts, and play around with all the tools on the site. I'll be back tomorrow with another player breakdown Friday to go over the best pick in every round according to a composite set of rankings from both myself and the ETR team. And then Saturday to go over the latest news and the biggest ADP changes around the league. But that, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.